Hey, happy Friday. Welcome to the next episode of Hollywood Breaks. I'm Tim Thompson. We have Keith Rao here with us, our industry insider. And this is the show where we share our insights that we've captured throughout the week in our ever-changing industry, just to give you insights on what you could do as a content creator and overall just film geek, I'll say. Um, Keith, it's good to have you with me again today. Where are you Nice to be now? with you back, as always. Back in Philly, right? I'm still in Philly, and it looks like I'm going to be in the in Philly for the duration. I don't think we'll be making it back up to Maine, so um, our listeners are going to have to deal with my Philly background for a while until I can find <laughs> another until I can find another background that uh, that suits a podcast. It's going to be the uh, French doors with the brick. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, as I promised, I'm down in LA this week. And uh, I was hoping to get some kind of buzz of what's happening in the film world, kind of get a sense of it. I went out to uh, dinner with some friends I haven't seen for a while. Obviously, wore masks, kept the distance, did all the, what the rules were. Although Orange County, yeah. a little bit uh, easier. A little bit looser, a little, a little bit more. Uh, 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 yeah, I don't want to say liberal. That's not the right word, but a little bit more freedom in Orange County versus LA County. I just moment. think that the virus wants to stay in the L.A. County and the virus doesn't want to come to Orange County. That orange curtain yeah. protects the, the yes. southern barrier. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's what it is. Totally what it is. Well, uh, good to see you. I, I'm actually um, going to try to get out this weekend actually, and go to the theater because the theaters are open here. And, of course, mm -hmm. um, some of our favorite movies that come out in the last couple of weeks. And I want to get to Tenet in a second. Um, but before we go too far, actually, uh, the Dune trailer, uh, total piece of art that came out. Yes, absolutely. absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah go ahead. What, no, what's your thoughts on that? You're the, well, uh, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I'll give a little shout out to the trailer vendor, Wildcard, um, Nick Temple, uh, um, and his editorial team crushed it as they normally do. Um, it's just a beautiful piece of art, uh, from a trailer perspective. Yeah. Even, even personally having worked in trailers for so long and done so many trailers the the idea of of having a a, a music cue that's a, a a song in the background is is somewhat tired to me and yet somehow they found a way to make that feel original i think the song was a, a, a i mean i think it was a pink floyd song yeah could be wrong but um don't quote me on that uh but <laughs> You uh, it was beautifully actually. worked in. Yeah, I did. Uh, it's beautifully worked in. Um, I think it was just a, a, a great theatrical piece. It really was. Um, if I was going to critique it at all, I'd say it was a little long because um, I started to get a little like, okay, all right, let's, let's kind of get to it. Um, I do think the rollout strategy was brilliant. Um, mm -hmm. Warner Brothers, Blair Rich and her team always do such a stellar job in terms of building up to a rollout of, of a release. And they always try to find innovative ways to do it. I think they had the cast do something prior to it, talking about working on the movie. They did a Stephen Colbert thing um, right before it. Uh, so they, it's, it's so much beyond just the typical, what they now call the tweezer, where it, you know, they basically put out a piece online that says in five days or tomorrow, the so-and-so trailer. It was so much more robust than that. I think that was really smart on their part just simply because everyone's sort of staring at their screens right now because there's not much happening in the world. Yeah, um, and I, I, I appreciate the, the art of the trailer kind of experience too. I think the yes. might've been Blade Runner this last time I kind of saw a trailer play itself out in that way. Mm -hmm. Or obviously the, the Star Wars trailers, they have, yeah. they do a great job of, of hiding the elements. Yep. 
Um, yep. And as a trailer fan, I thought it was pretty amazing as well. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, was really, it, was, it was a really nice piece. It was a little reminiscent of like the video game trailers I've been seeing too. I think that mm -hmm. there were the shots that were composed and the way they walked through it, obviously trying to appeal to a younger audience um, with the actors and such. So, but yeah. as a remake, I'm kind of curious uh, who's actually the audience for the film. I don't, yeah, that... I remember the original <laughs> films came out and I don't, um, I'll say like, I don't even know if it made that big of a splash as, a, as, as the original. It was, so I, it was, it was kind of always a cult hit, I think. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I, I never, I've never seen the original. Um, I think the question I kept asking myself as I was watching the piece, despite its artistic greatness, was who is this for? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, you know, I just, I, listen, I don't have access to sort of the Warner Brothers numbers. And sometimes it's just, it's gut instinct, like, you, you, you get a great director like Dennis Villavuge, all apologies to Dennis if I just butchered his name. Um, and you get a iconic property like that. And when you have a creative director who wants to tackle something like that, it, it's, I, I mean, I don't know if I would have said no to that, but at the same time, it, the flip side of that question is, or that statement is, who's this movie for? Yeah, I mean, and, obviously they're exp expensive. It's a big cinematic. It's a big, I mean, they have they have legendary pictures as a co-financier, which usually means yeah. that there's a hefty price tag. There's a laundry list of casts, given sort of the end cards that you see there with like, when anytime there's more than like two cards of cast or at least two cards of cast with like a laundry list going down, you know you're above the line costs are going to be <laughs> Yeah, higher than it's normal. It's kind of a who's who of in the, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, there were people that I was looking back through, because I'm a dork like this, that sort of screen grabs of the trailer, and they had like a list of some of the talent, the cast that I missed watching the trailer the first time. I was like, wow, I didn't know he was in this movie. Oh my, she's in the movie? Well, I mean, it's like, it's a laundry yeah. list of people. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's a challenge because I, I don't know is it, are women going to show up? Because Timothy Chalamet is the head. I, I don't, does he have a huge women, a female fun? I don't know. Um, and it's the other big question is that it's obviously a very complicated story. How do you, I mean, this is a challenge of every campaign, but this one I feel is going to be particularly challenging. How do you encapsulate that into a shorter form, shorter form content? Yeah. Because everyone's, uh... Sometimes these remakes, though, the director kind of finds like a new angle or a new approach to storytelling. Yeah. That by by watching the movie or rewatching the movie, you could you get a, a revelation that you might not have mm -hmm. seen the first time. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen a lot of directors actually go deep into some of the thematic experiences of film, and maybe um, maybe the the production team and director team kind of figured that out in this storyline to make it mm -hmm. relevant for today. And yeah. uh, it might surprise us again as a new cult classic, but um, yeah, I, 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 I like, don't want. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to infer that um, I, I'm not rooting for it. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I am, um, because yeah. to your point, I, I, who knows how how great it will be. Um, but uh, my my bigger concern again is like, who's this movie for? If it's for the younger audience, how are you going to convince them to stop recording things on TikTok and and go go watch this movie. If it's for an older audience, well, you know, look at what happened with Tenet. Are we still? Is this still going to be the same issue? Or so it, there's a lot of questions. Obviously, again, I applaud the rollout. They've got a lot of. I think they've got some time. Um, and yeah. with the ever changing nature of the theater theatrical business right now, 
we could be at 100% reopen by the time this comes out and people could be starving to go see a big sci-fi spectacle in the theater. Yeah, so I think like they've chosen a date that everyone's speculating after the election, well, things will change. Um, yeah. But you're right, as a, as a content creator, you know, just to think about who the audience is, what the distribution is for, for your content, how well it's going to be viewed, you know, kind of um, what that, how that promotes other people or, or what your promise is as a content maker, especially yeah. with a cast like that. There's a lot of people put their name on the line, assuming it was going to be something big when they started yeah. the production. Yeah. And I had no understanding that the, a pandemic like this was going to change uh, some of the, the dynamics of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, it also might be a big Oscar play. You can see that there, someone has oh, to yeah, receive the absolutely. Oscar for best special effects. Someone has to receive the Oscar for, for storyline. And uh, who knows how this could kind of like get in deep to some of those other categories and receive a, a, um, a sound, a soundtrack or score play, um, visual effects. All I could easily say, see cinema, cinematography, directing, I mean, and the, some of the actors they have in there are no slouches, so I'm sure there could be potential actor nominations as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, who knows? So they, they could be pr promote, trying to get it into a deadline, regardless of audience or theatrical, in order to get all those Oscar wins and stack up uh, six or seven or eight of those just for that yeah. cinematic experience. That's a smart play yep. for them too. Um, yep. All right, so obviously with distribution, uh, the question mark, and what you've been saying for weeks, the canary in the coal mine, it mm -hmm. happened. Tenet came out. It rolled out. Yeah. Um, it went into theaters. Uh, tell me, first of all, what's your what's your gut telling you? Did it kind of uh, get to the the core of our our storytelling desires? Uh, I, I think what what my gut tells me is that it was not what they wanted it to be. Um, I, I I think it was twenty point two. I think was in twenty eight hundred theaters or such, and uh, I think it was like a, almost a seventy two hundred per screen average. Uh, that's not spectacular. Um, I, I don't think it, I think, I don't think it really has, uh, penetrated the culture either. Um, you know, that's another thing I kind of try to keep an eye on how things are cresting on social media and see who's responding to what, and no one was really talking about it. And mm. I think that's a big tell in terms of, uh, it just not being something that everyone's like, oh, we gotta go see this movie. We gotta go see this movie. And it was unfortunate. And one of the articles I read, they had a shot of the theater and it was like two people in it, no. maybe four. And horrible that's just, <laughs> that's a horrible shot. That's just like the last thing you wanna see. Oh. And I, I, I honestly think- You would think um, that the studio could have staged a theater to get about and paid actors to sit into seats to do the or do, do the, something. I mean, they can't control all the press, but it's like, and, and oh, if God only if you could like tell them to run a photo with them. But it was just such a, and maybe that was a point of the article. They're just saying no one's going to the movies. Um, but I do think this is showcased that. Uh, I mean, I might speculate. I hope I'm wrong, but I think 2020 might be somewhat of a wash for theatrical. Uh, I could be wrong. The numbers could start to shift um more theaters i mean 60 to 70 percent of circuits were open when it released um so more more is going to open as you said oc is opening this weekend so that's you know amc is opening some of their bigger bigger circuits that's a good sign um however uh i think with there was an article in deadline this past week where it basically more uh, the, the headline was basically saying that warner brothers is now contemplating moving oh can you hear me yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Sorry. 
my headset no. just died. So uh, oh no, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I, the the deadline article to me too. I, I know that it was talking about Wonder Woman, but it's interesting when they the the spin that deadline was kind of putting on it to yeah. help help save face maybe a little bit for Chris Nolan or or, or Warner I Brothers think, I, and I, the I, idea of like explaining the issues that they're up against. Yeah. Again, I think yeah, they're I, trying I to reset that matrix. That yeah, uh, that deadline is is very studio friendly. Um, it's gone far from the days of Nikki Fink when it wasn't so studio friendly. <laughs> um, so it. it it's, it's, a, it's an arm of variety. So, the, you know, they kind of share and they're, they're very friendly. With, I mean, you got to be friendly with the studios because those publications rely on the um, uh, four-year consideration ads. So you can't really tick off your biggest contributor, basically. Yeah, of <laughs> so course. Yeah. It makes sense from a business perspective. Um, but I think, it, you know, their, their phrasing of this film had its challenges is more or less a tell saying, yeah, this, this didn't work. And... Uh, and he's right. They're right. There were challenges to it. Um, I, I do think because Christopher Nolan is such a proponent of the theatrical experience, I think they Warner Brothers kind of had to be the first sacrificial lamb. And I think Christopher Nolan was like, it's my movie needs to be seen in the theaters. And yeah, I, I, and, uh, I'm going to guess that um, it was a the PR, a PR release is what inspires those kind of, like those kind of notes when the, uh, when uh, deadlines, putting the articles out that way. Oh yeah, it's, it's totally PR driven. And, um, you know, I think it, it is maybe an effort for, to save Christopher Nolan a, a bit of, of flack for going out so soon. Um, yeah. When still a lot of theaters were still closed, LA and New York, and as you and I talked about last week, LA and New York are big <laughs> Christopher Nolan fans. So that's where a lot of his fans are, I should say. So, you know, shutting those people off from seeing the movie, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it dovetails to maybe the question of, is there now a opportunity for Warner Media, the larger company, to go to premium video on demand? Yeah, right. A potentially shift it over to... HBO, HBO Max. Max. Which we, people will finally watch HBO Max because Tenet went over there and they yeah. couldn't finally establish, kind of clean up some of the mess that was created earlier. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think that the industry has has a pretty good memory of what Chris, Chris Nolan has done for them. He's been such a solid filmmaker. I honestly think that some of the, the presentation he was putting out before the film and trying to be an industry leader and, mm -hmm. and being an advocate for theatrical cinematic release and what direct why directors really make movies and why producers make movies is to get it out there and be seen in films and to be a, a voice piece for that for a few weeks and take that that side i think that's very helpful i think yeah. the industry would be very soft on them and by the way he did save like the the dc empire for warner brothers i mean he recreated this new surge and clearly wonder woman is part of that conversation right the whole dc move and the fact that wonder woman was even made to begin with in the spectacular experience that that was um with their new push for wonder woman you kind of wonder if they're how they're playing off each other um you know piggybacking the two together um but as you're saying that i guess they're even talking about pushing wonder woman even further yeah they're they're talking about pushing it into november it's supposed to come out i believe october 2nd um and obviously the tenant numbers make them a little nervous. Um, New York is dragging its feet as far as they just announced that restaurants can open, I think on Monday at 25% capacity. So, I mean, God knows what that's gonna mean for theaters, LA, who knows, LA said, LA County was saying no Halloween and it's only September. 
So <laughs> they ultimately backtracked on that. But still, the fact that's where a lot of the health county health departments are right now in terms of their head. They're like, we're not doing anything until we know for sure that this virus is squashed. So for the theatrical experience, that doesn't bode well. And I think that may be also what Warren Brothers is looking at now is like, well, we have this next big movie that's a big part of our DC universe. And it was one of, you know, despite all the, the hiccups of the Justice League and um, this forthcoming Snyder Cut and all that stuff, Wonder Woman was the one that was very well received. Mm -hmm. And it was a very well done movie. And um, I think that this is sort of the crown jewel for them after Batman in the DC universe. And I think they want to be very cautious to make sure that it gets the widest launch possible. Um, it's potential. I think they're getting the conversation out there. So it's not a complete shock when they do move it. Um, they usually try to lay groundwork for this. So, you know, they can start having the conversation with the filmmakers, with the talent, and sort of start slow rolling the idea of potentially bumping it. Um, yeah. yeah and that, I... may be, that may also be the purpose of the, the, the deadline article as well, to sort of start getting people on board. Like, okay, yeah, we, we might have to look at potentially moving this, but at the same time, it's sort of a tell that Tenet is not what they wanted it, is not doing what they hoped it would. Well, I would think that with an original release date of October, they kind of knew that they were either punting from the summer to trying to find this new pocket or now pushing back towards those Christmas movie deadlines that we're all under kind of looking. Yeah, I mean, but I think I, that Wonder Woman has a certain appeal to audience, obviously a strong female lead, incredible in this storyline, at least the, the Wonder Woman was. And, um, you know, really kind of found that a, a, a good angle that was separate from the Marvel universe that mm -hmm. could uh, build up different characters, different reasons. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I appreciate that. And I think that that could appeal to a broader audience of males and female demographic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tenet still feels a little bit more sci-fi male categorized, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially in their marketing pieces. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd love to see what, what Wonder Woman does to kind of broaden the audience and make it into something bigger, especially towards yeah. the holiday season. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel for marketing because there's, it, there's nothing where I worked on a movie when I was at Fox and the release dates just kept bouncing around and it was so painful because you work on it you start cutting the campaign together and then you get the call from a distribution meeting that <laughs> release has been pushed three months and you're like, ah, so then you have yeah. to like sideline it and put it aside and oh yeah, by the way, I've already spent money on it, but I can't spend any more and then you got to come back to it and then the release gets good pumped and I, it's just tough because a lot of what you do when you're cutting materials and putting together a strategy is based a lot on what the market is doing and what your competitors are doing. Mm -hmm. And cause you want to try to stick out. And if there's like a culturally relevant event that's happening, you want to try to factor that in if it's possible, but all those tools uh, in the typical marketers toolbox have been removed for a lot of these uh, studios because they have no idea when the movie's coming out. Yeah. I and mean, a lot of the tie-ins that they do with other promotions. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Stuff. I mean, that, those have, yeah. <laughs> you've been working on those for I years mean, to me. hit those deadlines. I worked yeah. on like five X-Men campaigns. And I, I mean, the promotion guys I used to work with, I, God love them. But they would call me like six months before release asking for art. And I'm like, are you doing <laughs> me? Art? Yeah. Like approved character poses? And I'm like, <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. The promotion deals are long lead times 
And yeah. so with a movie like Wonder Woman, which has that sort of kid-friendly attachment, I'm sure that's driving their promotions person up a wall because how can oh, she yeah. make a deal, he or she make a deal with a big brand, well, yeah, one yeah. making a deal with a big brand rock box retailer when <laughs> a lot of them, you know, yeah, not to mention the action figure. People aren't going. I mean, it, it, uh, it, yeah, again, the consumable market too, like the action figure marketplace, all those items yeah. that are pr basically prepped, backpacks that are made, getting yeah. ready for Christmas time so that the Christmas and th that's big dollars for studios. Yes. It's not like they're, Dude, they're how they make a lot of their money. Yeah, they're going to they'll be yeah. willing to give up some audience share in order to keep, make sure that they hit those deadlines so they can hit yeah. that market. Yeah, um, exactly. I am curious on like what you think of the the, the still uh, Peabod model because Mulan did their thing, possibly Tenant. You're talking about that and HBO Max and Wonder Woman. I'd be curious um, what they've learned so far, what Warner's learned so far to kind of think through what the you know, what as a possible pivot mood for them too. And I wonder if they would complement it closer. Um, because I know a tenant, I, they basically asked the distributors to hold on to it. The circuits to hold on to it longer. Yeah. I don't know what the deals are being made for Wonder Woman. Yeah, I, I mean, and that, that's the other thing. It's like you know, the deals with the circuits, like, you know, how long are we going to keep this in theaters? Do we want to go quicker to a pivot? Because, you know, with HBO Max, um, it's not as set up as, it's not as streamlined as Disney Plus where you have the brands broken out. Um, but they do have a DC section, DC comic section. Um, so one wonders if, again, that might, you know, they might figure out a way to kind of push that, push Wonder Woman out um, into that, uh, that space. But I, you know, mm -hmm. it's sooner rather than later. It, it's tough right now because it's like, you, you don't know how many circuits are going to be open. And I think if the market still looks the same, then I, I would say that Wonder Brothers would, it probably behoove them to look at a PVOD model for Wonder Woman. Um, but given the fact that again, OC just opened this is opening this weekend, hopefully by in the next week or two, since restaurants are opening, New York will start opening theaters. So it's tough to, it's tough to really lock down any sort of deals right now in terms sure. of where you're going to go. But I got to think that they got to be looking at that um, given the fact that they're, they're potentially going to lose some money on tenant and, you know, with no release dates coming up anytime soon, it, there's going to be some pressure to try to up the ante in terms of how, what kind of money we can make um, with a with a release just theatrically versus a combo release on theatrical and pivot a la uh, Mulan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm struggling to find a solid release date of something good, I guess, until Dune comes out or something like that. But it doesn't, for the next few weeks, uh, the, the theater, they're not going to be getting, you know, a lot of interest yeah, or a lot of concern that way. I mean, I honestly think, going back to my comment about this tonight being the canary in the coal mine, I, I think we are looking at 2020 potentially being a wash. Yeah. As far as theatrical goes. And, um, you know, we've got, we're starting heading, heading into Oscar season and whether or not those movies are still going to go out. I mean, I know the Academy has extended the Oscar preview time um, and eligibility time, but at the same time, I, <laughs> Yeah, only so it's going to be, uh, the campaign's going to be FYC asterisks. So yeah. that it's like, uh, in consideration of the pandemic, we were the best movie. <laughs> Trolls. You made the next World year. <laughs> so don't forget <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah. we didn't release in the theaters. We were only yeah. direct to television, but please asterisk us that we were pretending, or we would have been in the theaters. And you know, like, there's going to be like some uh, major moving around in the yeah. FYC world. 
to see yeah. what's going on. Yeah, you know definitely. what's interesting to me too, and you pointed this out to me earlier, is that um, with the stay-at-home audience, try to appeal to them what's going on. This whole DC WonderCon thing, yeah. you can you can recognize that they're kind of making a new audience or even new material for their movies in a different way. Something you can consume at home and and mm-hmm. stuff that you can uh, see on um, see at the theaters. Yeah. Um, but it feels like, you know, the WonderCon kind of is like upfront, like what, what you used to do in television market where you basically would gather all the potential buyers, have them watch the, the, or have exposure to the content so that the buyers and sellers can kind of put their um, pieces together and then make promotion in the future. Yeah. Uh, WonderCon is uh, upfront where it's now open to the audience. Once you once you explain what WonderCon is and then what what the angle that you think uh, they're doing here with the with this online visibility coming up tomorrow, uh, I think what uh, so DC WonderCon I believe it's called DC WonderCon now I'm starting to doubt myself but uh, anyway D- DC had this huge uh, Comic Con type event uh, it was a couple of weeks ago I think you had to pay to be a part of it um, it's when all these trailers came out for Batman for Wonder Woman 1984. Um, they released a lot of stuff for their their TV shows as well. Um, and from what I saw, it was beautifully produced, well thought out. Um, and, it, it you know, they made announcements about upcoming movies and they had tasks and talent there. And, you know, they had a lot of buzzworthy material coming out of it. So it got a lot of good press. Everyone was talking about that Batman teaser for ages yeah. and then, of course, four days later, they shut down production because of Robert Pattinson <laughs> ca- catching COVID. But anyway. Uh, I love that so, trailer too, by the way. I thought yeah, that was I, uh, I, I, to see. I, somebody on Twitter commented, like, I don't care how many iterations of Batman they make. I'm always there every time they release one. And I'm the same yeah. way. I, mean, I, don't, I don't care how many times they do it. I'm looking forward to seeing Matt Reeves' interpretation of Batman. So I'm looking forward to that. And especially um, coming off of Joker being such a successful yeah, thing to yeah, have the, exactly. the world's kind of meeting up would be great. Yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, so it seemed like it went really well and they were really smart about tying together their whole universe. They're building a universe. And I think Marvel, Warner, uh, DC has always gotten sort of the short end of the stick in terms of, well, look at Marvel. Look how wonderful marvel is and they tell all these stories and everything's tied together and dc's like oh they're just making one-offs and not really trying to tie together a story um and i think this is their version of trying to tie everything together like putting it all together and seeing how the universe all everyone's talking together uh i give walter hermata who runs dc films a lot of credit for sort of coming in there and sort of writing the ship a little bit after the justice league of it all so i think his sort of influence on that sort of has spread to the whole universe itself. And what I really think is smart is I saw a a promotion, I think it was a couple days ago. They're actually letting, they're actually running it for 24 hours online. You can watch the whole thing. So it's another way of giving access to all those fans who weren't able to watch it. Everyone's kind of sitting at home. This is like the opportunity to showcase your universe, all the things that you have upcoming all the TV shows, the new shows with new characters and how it all is going to tie together. I mean, I I just think it is an ultimate case study in sort of looking at the current landscape and taking full advantage of the tools that are currently available to you. And I think as marketers of content, that is one of the toughest challenges. And I think 
DC and Warner Brothers, if they were involved, I'm sure they were because of some of the films were part of it and CW, just the amount of what felt like cohesion and it, it just seemed to flow so well. And the fact that they're releasing it now means that it went over quite well. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a great sort of way of looking at how in this sort of new market of we can't all get together in a giant um, conference center this may be the new the new world order and a, a way to do it and expose more people to it. Yeah, um, and willing to. I have yeah. um, I, I have people that I, are in Shanghai right now putting together a video game um, uh, event for League of Legends, and the overall experience that they're looking for too is this online experience. I mean, the the people that are in the crowd usually in those uh, video game finals are there aren't as many as compared to the billions of people watching it online mm -hmm. anyway. It feels like they, they, Warner Brothers in this move is trying to think through like, wait, there are billions of people that watch online these live events. Maybe we should start tapping into that. And yeah. almost giving like the insider um, feel to, hey, I can see what's going on often at these conferences or events that usually just press is allowed to go to. Yeah, so to be able to be able to be part of that presentation, I think that you can get earlier buy-in to these mm -hmm. ideas. You probably even can see earlier uh, responses to it, and then adjust your marketing sooner it, than well, later. It, it, it also broadens your audience. It helps you because I'm sure if they're DC smart, and I, I, I don't doubt they are. I mean, they'll probably require an email address to sign up. So boom, you got somebody's email address. You got a fan. You can start building an email database. You can interact with them. Um, the, I mean, the, the possibilities of sort of getting, gathering together your audience and getting data on your audience, where they are, how long they watch for, all those kinds of things are very important. And, it, and, and they, they did a wonderful job of also releasing buzzworthy material, but also having some buzzworthy people show up. Like they had Linda Carter show up, bomb, photo bomb, Zoom bomb, I guess, the Wonder Woman 1984 panel, and nobody knew it was coming. Yeah, so it was that's sort of really like cool. a really nice moment and that got the press talking about it and you know that gets people intrigued and they were really sort of smart on how they look leveled it out like you didn't get a every single trailer on one day you got batman one day you got wonder woman another day then you had this sort of the buzz about the carter and then you had sort of the tv show so it was just like a non-stop run of 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 information and I think they also benefited from the fact that there was some curiosity in the entertainment press about what this was and who was going to do it because it was the first real like big convention post. I mean, Wonder Cinema, uh, well, sorry, Comic Con did something. It was like Comic Con mm -hmm. at home, but I don't think anybody was really curious about that because it was Comic Con. Everyone knows. Yeah. That. But this was sort of something new, so there was a lot of curiosity, and I think they again they took advantage of that, and I think they sort of it seems like, you know, judging from some of the reaction I've seen and read that they, they played their chips right with this one. Yeah, very good. Well, I uh, grab my friend, uh, Garib Seamus from Ace Comic Con and oh, yeah. um, see if we can get some of his insights into it soon. Yep. Um, just a reminder, next week when we do this, we're actually going to be doing it live inside of a RevThink uh, Confab group. So we might have some live questions as we do this. Um, if you're one of our viewers, please feel free to email or question, uh, give us any uh, questions or comments here on our feed. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Keith and I both love the feedback that you send us um, and the information that you're, you're presenting to us that we can process with you. Um, a lot of good suggestions from, from some of our viewers to hit some of these topics. So uh, happy to talk about those. As you can tell, we really barely touched on Mulan, so we're going to have to pick that up next week. 
two to kind of talk about what Disney is doing. Um, but I'll say it really has been kind of a journey to watch Warner Media go from all the kind of bad press we were watching, the layoffs they're doing just a few weeks ago, yeah. to kind of hitting a new stride. I think te- the, they did it good timing to have that news out of the way and then get Tenet and um, all their um, Wonder, Wonder Woman stuff in order so that yep. they can finish out this year strong. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they're doing. It's so interesting to be watching the industry from the insider's point of view, to see what the big players are doing, the yep. decision makers that the studios are doing, and some of the strategy necessary to uh, get viewing audience, because we like to talk about the marketing side, but also just keep the studio going and what yep. the real issues are of making money, uh, getting distribution, keeping the IP solid, keeping their actors and talent solid. There's a lot of moving pieces. So yep. uh, so interesting to watch this this whole thing change. Um, well, that's, uh, that's another good wrap for us. Uh, thanks again, Keith, for uh, all the insights that you're giving us. I really love this format. Kind of keep it going. Yeah. And uh, let's, get, uh, let's get more bodies involved. Yep, absolutely. All right. We'll see you, uh, see you next week on Wednesday when we thanks do this again. live.